Thank you for calling GRBM Insurance. How can I help you? Hi, speak to Rob, please. Sure. May I ask who's calling? Yeah, it's Joey Jingola. Okay. Hold on one moment. Thank you. You're welcome. What's going on, Joey? Rob, how you doing, sir? Pretty good. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Yeah, it really depends. The, the, the one that has been referenced several times is the longer piece that I wrote about the best contractor's insurance in New York. Um, that one I've gotten several calls about. That was, I think, the original one that you, you helped me with. And um, that one I've gotten several calls about, and they specifically said, I was reading your article about best contractor's insurance. And, and that is the one that 90% of the organic traffic hits too, because I can see that. So I, I know that's my, my best post right now, and I'm trying to do a longer form post for other topics, but the longer form is just a lot more work, but it also pays off, so. <laughs> Imagine that. Somebody willingly identifies themselves as to how they came across your business, your agency, and what really pulled them in to reaching out to you. That was my good buddy, Rob McCarthy of GRMB Insurance out in New York. And I think I said the, the initials right this time. Again, standing for, and I got clarification on this for insinuating that I might've messed it up last episode. It stands for the first name of everyone's uh, uh, initial, first letter of everybody's name in the agency. So that's nice. Um, and I'm just dyslexic. So the point here uh, that I want to talk about, and obviously uh, the, the guy that uh, recommended that Rob write that article is probably pretty smart. And, you know, he said, this is the article that everybody actually willingly says, hey, this is how I found you. I was reading this because it is such good information and they feel so compelled to reach out to you, they want to let you know that they found this awesome thing that you provided to them and that this is why they're reaching out to you. Again, it's like if you meet your favorite band, you're going to be like, oh man, I love that album. I love this song. They're going to reference the thing that you made the connection with that person with. And that's the same concept with the content. Now you heard Rob say, well, I'm, you know, it's, and Rob has plenty of blog posts. He's, he's actually doing well keeping up with blogging. But he says that's the number one that gets referenced. However, you know, again, he made that a little longer. He put a little bit of time into it. Basically, he took a nice big home run swing on it and he knocked it out of the park. But trying to recreate that is a little more work, but that work creates more results. And that's kind of, you know, for the last year and a half, two years, that's I shifted my entire content focus to taking my home run swing as often as possible and really focusing on those posts as opposed to just writing something to write something. Now, I, I sometimes here and there, I'll toss something out to see if it's gonna work. But overall, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences as often as I can because one, I, I know I can hit it out of the park from previous results. And as Rob has seen, he's able to also hit it out of the park. The question is, is he actually, you know, how, how is that business performing? What are, what is happening once they're reaching out, identifying themselves and, and showing their appreciation for the content that he's created? Yeah, I don't think I've bound any of the ones that referenced it, 
but the, the, the ones that referenced it were much larger operations, and so that tends to be a much slower process. If you were riding that 10-second roller coaster audio clip with me, you're like, oh, look at this. Here's Joey just you know, blowing his own horn, saying how awesome this content is, and now here's Rob not able to convert on any of it. Well, what the, what good is this if I'm getting all these people that are just basically calling me up and, and congratulating me on being able to write you know, 100 sentences in a, together that actually make sense, right? What good is that? But then, as you notice, we dive right in, we get a little deeper, and what does Rob say? Rob says, "Well, they're they're a little bit bigger. They're a little bit a little bit more of a of a bigger case than I am used to maybe handling. They're bigger accounts, and as we're going to get into with Rob, and what I want to dive in more on is, well, why aren't you closing those bigger guys, and how different are they from what you're doing right now?" Yes, those are a different process as far as it's not immediate. Most of the smaller guys, it's an immediate sale. We're, yeah. we're on the phone, it's closed, payment has been made before we hang up. And so, yeah, that is probably the difference. As we continue to tumble down this rabbit hole, we, we see that Rob is not accustomed to this sales process and possibly the length of it. He's used to answering the phone and closing the sale within 15 minutes of talking to that person initially, of talking to that client, that contractor. And now all of a sudden, because there's maybe more information, there's more moving parts, there's more variables, there's more there's more communication than just one back and forth payment, you know, wham bam, thank you ma'am sort of uh, you know process. He's uh, he's actually taking them out to dinner before he he uh, you know he closes the deal sort of thing. Then uh, he possibly might not have adjusted his sales process. Maybe there's a hole in the sales process that is preventing these larger accounts from closing. Yeah, he's getting some good leads and opportunities, but now it's time to really take a look at your overall process and see if I mean obviously one if it's worth adjusting to fit the clientele. From what Rob has told me, yes, their accounts are big enough to where it would be well worth his time and effort for creating those posts, even if he just closes one of those accounts. Um, so I would imagine that it's worth adjusting his sales process, maybe introducing some new you know, touch points to where he needs to, to stay in front to make sure that you know, he doesn't lose interest with this prospect, with this lead, with this new type of customer that he has created, that he has generated by, again, providing this content, by creating this relationship out of thin air, right? That's the point. Now, the, the problem is actually seeing this and understanding it because you're, again, I'm, uh, I might give Rob a little tough love as we reach into the, 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 the next clip because he might be underestimating a little bit just how much more or less he needs to do in that process versus what he's currently doing. And again, if it's worth the effort, it's definitely something to look into. What can you do to make sure that you don't lose the sale, that the guy doesn't lose interest in that, you know, you you know, knowing exactly when you need to come back to them and setting the proper expectation. 
I, really what I could do probably is do a better job of setting the expectation with a larger client and explain to them that it's not going to be that immediate gratification. I mean, I don't know what their buying experience for insurance has been, um, but it's just not an instant process. There's no way I can be like, oh yeah, you do this, done. Not for you know a multi-million dollar construction company. There's just way too many factors. So it's probably my own fault for not setting the expectation of, of how it's going to go. It is always your fault. It's always my fault. It's always our fault, your fault, because if there's any communication breakdowns, if there's any confusion, it is never in the fault of the person that has the problem. It is in the fault of the person who is trying to provide the solution. Now, again, it's up to you to define at what point or how much of that fault you're willing to deal with and tolerate through that process. But at the end of the day, if you are not looking at yourself seriously and saying, yeah, it's probably my fault because this didn't get done, then you're probably going to run into a lot more problems. Now, Rob is already one step ahead. He realizes that that it's his fault. He realizes that possibly better expectations need to be set up front with these new bigger leads that he is not used to talking to that, hey, listen, guess what? This is going to take a little bit longer. Outlining the sales process, the procedure. There's we had Jason had a guy in his podcast. I'm blanking because I'm just thinking of this randomly as I'm recording. But Jason had a guy in his podcast talking about you know outlining the sale, uh, written service line agreement, written service time, something like that. But you know, basically saying this is what we do, this is how we do it, and this is the order in which it's going to happen. Maybe something like that, as simple as an email saying, here's step one, two, three, four, almost like a set of instructions on how, you know, your agency is going to approach this process. And that's obviously very important. Now, I think Rob was a little hesitant. I asked him the question, you know, can you do anything different? What can you do differently? He gave me a little bit of a hesitation. Um, And don't hesitate, right? Just get in there, figure out how to set that expectation, figure out how to adapt that sales process to you know, again, keep the attention of the people that are calling you. And, you know, we talked about, you know, them creating that relationship and, 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 and wanting to reach out and talk to you about that. That's step one. If you can do that, that's step one, right? If you create something good enough for them to just reach out and, and then reference that piece of content, that is your first goal. From there, then you need to be able to have them understand the next steps associated with that. And then from there, they need to be able to continue to move forward. Just actually just today, I had somebody reach out to me. Well, they reached out to me a couple of days ago, but today was the first day that I actually got on the phone with them. It was actually a small business out in California. Don't do business out in California. But because I'm, I like to self-indulge sometimes, I like to just bask in the glory of people complimenting me on the stuff that I have created. And the first thing the lady says before we even get into it is, I just have to thank you so much for your videos. It was refreshing to hear somebody speak. Uh, you know, about health insurance, you know, very rationally and in plain English. And that is something that cannot be lost or overlooked is that we want to discount so often, you know, the way that we talk to these people, the approach and the tone, and again, the overall content, right? So the idea of the best of contractors in New York is a novel idea. You know, that guy is probably not expecting to come across that information, something that specific, that targeted to solve his problem. He's not expecting to get it. So when he does, he's thrilled. You've under you've um, under promised and over delivered at that point because there was no expectation. No promises made. You over delivered on what he was hoping to find when he asked the almighty Google how to solve his contractor's insurance problem. 
then from there, the next way that you can, again, under-promise and over-deliver is speak to them in a way that completely makes sense. You know, laying out those expectations and, again, having it always be your fault if there's any type of misunderstanding. Plain English, no fancy insurance speak. If you use fancy insurance speak, go ahead, you have my permission to steal this, but every time I say a fancy insurance word, I say, that's the fancy insurance word for blah, or or you know, I will say the plain definition or meaning of it, and I will say that's the fancy insurance word is this, right? Just breaking it down and pointing out fancy insurance word that is actually ridiculous and unnecessary that really connects with people. You need to be rational. You need to be practical with how you speak to these people because if you don't, they're not going to feel compelled to pick up the phone and talk to you. That's what we're trying to do. That's what Rob has done. That is how he has been able to create the piece of content that is a little bit longer that gets results and then compel people to reach out and self-identify how they found him and how they feel so compelled to do business with him. But then from there, you might find that if you take that if you've taken those steps or if you're going to take those steps and you want, you know, that first day that you get that phone call will be the best day of your insurance career. Maybe, I don't know. And you'll be so excited that you're able to do this thing, but then you just need to be on the lookout for, Hey, well, wait a second. Am I closing these guys? Is something happening differently? Is there something that I'm doing that I didn't expect? Like getting bigger, you know, possibly better clients, more appreciative clients. If that's the case, you better be ready to move, adapt, and get better with them. Otherwise, you'll be watching a bunch of good business go somewhere else. All right, so here's the deal. Jason and I are getting pretty excited about all of the activity and interest surrounding the mastermind. We've got a lot of new agents that have kind of jumped in over the last couple of weeks, and, and uh, I just wanted to let you know that it's available if you want to actually increase that average of the five people you hang around with the most. If you don't think the people in your office and your agency are helping you increase that average, we've got like 40 or 50 agents, I think, I'm not quite sure the exact count at, the, at this moment, that can dramatically help you increase that average for you. And I was just talking to Joel Dunham. Uh, we've been going back and forth uh, just on Facebook Messenger as, as he's joined recently about you know what he wants to do with his agency. He just took over the keys to the kingdom essentially and he's looking to kind of you know just really get going. He's got so many different ideas rolling around his head and he really didn't know where to start and he just wanted to be around other agents who have done some of the things and who are also in the process of doing the same things that he wants to do. And it's so much fun getting to know Joel and other agents like him, again, Rob also in the mastermind, to kind of share and learn from and see what's working for them, what's not working for them. And and it's always interesting to see that so many people have so many of the same struggles and, and say the same things of, you know, boy, this really feels like I've finally found, you know, my people, right? My tribe, the people that I should be hanging out with. And and it's always fun to get to know these new people and, and, and learn about what's working in their agency, what's not. And, and ultimately, if anything we've done, that can help them out as well, too. But if you are interested in doing that exact same thing, I'd love to hear about your story. Head on over to growprogram.com mastermind. That's growprogram.com mastermind to make that happen. <laughs>